Yo, what's happening, everybody? My name is Anthony Carrenti, and thank you, as always, for checking out another episode of the Dynasty Drive. Apologize for the lack of the uh, early show in the week. Uh, I had to skip it this week. Got stuck working a little bit late. Uh, unfortunately, real job got in the way of fun job. <laughs> so I apologize for that, but uh, kind of will pick up where we would have picked up uh, earlier in the week. Won't get super deep in the weeds with some of the recap stuff since it's already um, recording this on Thursday night. It'll be out first thing Friday morning. But obviously, we're already done with uh, week three. Week four is kicking off right now. So we'll get a little bit less in depth in terms of recap, but just kind of hit the high notes on things that are noteworthy from the games of last week and uh, kind of, excuse me, uh, kind of how things apply or might shake out moving forward on a couple players that. are particularly interesting and again what we think might happen both in week four and moving forward with them and then at the end um gonna get a little bit into uh i guess kickoff for the first time of a series that we'll do throughout the year and throughout the off season um spotlighting some prospects that could come out uh, in next year's draft class or we expect to come out in next year's draft class uh so we'll save that for the end um as always, appreciate all the support on the podcast. If you haven't already, uh, please subscribe to the podcast, available on all major podcast providers. Um, rate, review, five, uh, leave a review, rate five stars if you have some time and if you enjoy the show. That stuff's greatly appreciated. I uh, have some other news that will be coming out soon regarding uh, some more content from the show, so that'll be exciting stuff as well. And if you haven't already, you can follow on uh, Twitter, at Dynasty Drive, on Instagram, at the Dynasty Drive like the show on Facebook, and uh, continue to interact there. We'll answer some more questions on episodes in the future like we did last week. That was a fun time. Uh, it seemed like some people enjoyed it. So as when we get um, when we do get some more questions coming in on any of the social media accounts or uh, on the voicemail line, we'll keep doing those mailbag episodes when we have uh, enough to kind of go through. And uh, yeah, we'll kind of go from there. So kind of recapping uh, where we left off. Um, we'll kick off kind of run through it real quick game by game sort of thing dolphins jags was the game that was on when we recorded last and a couple things are noteworthy from both of these teams moving forward um i mentioned briefly uh, i think when joey was on on one of the last recap shows that i i'm starting to believe even after the performance in that game that i was probably a little bit too low on gardner Minshew. um tough tough sledding a little bit for him he was without dj chark um, but I think uh, he'll be one of the risers when the updates for my dynasty rankings in October hit. Um, more exciting um, in terms of the Jaguars, in terms of players that uh, we've not talked about too, too much uh, outside of, you know, DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault. But James Robinson might be the real deal. And uh, he's honestly been super productive or obviously been super productive already this year. But I posted the question uh, out there to see, you know, would you trade James Robinson right now for a first round rookie pick next year? And the answer, like the uh, responses were overwhelmingly split. Like, um, and it's kind of funny because I think, uh, you know, before the season started, if we would have thought, hey, would you trade James Robinson for a first round pick? Everyone would have said, yeah, sure, absolutely. But uh, he looks fantastic. Uh, the only thing he has going against him is, you know, the draft capital was not you know nothing invested in him uh but he's taken that job i expect him to keep that job even when everybody else in that backfield ends up healthy um he's done nothing but look really really good in any of his opportunities uh including catching the ball 
Um, so I expect him to kind of keep that job. And if he keeps doing it, it might be a guy who's the lead back again there next year. Now on the Dolphins side of things, Miles Gaskin continues to get a crazy sort of workload wasn't very efficient in that game and i had said a few weeks back i picked up miles gaskin uh, off waivers in a dynasty league and i said i felt gross spending i forget what it was five or ten dollars a fab and now looking back at it, it's like man if you if i knew i was going to get such a big workload every week i happily would have spent it um but eh, not super efficient again but if he continues to stay that involved could be a good find moving forward uh, Bears Falcons obviously the big news was Nick Foles coming in and uh, taking that job looks like he's he's going to start again looks like Trubisky's probably done there barring an injury or anything like that uh, honestly I think it's a boost for all skilled players in Chicago I think it's good for Allen Robinson I think it's good for Anthony Miller I think it's good for David Montgomery uh, even good for Jimmy Graham if you've got him someplace. Honestly, if you have him, though, try and sell him now. Uh, <laughs> I think after that game, if you can get anything for Jimmy Graham in a trade, now's the time to do it. The Falcons, they're just a team that, man, they can't get out of their own way. Um, still lots of fantasy production across the board, but I feel for Falcons fans, hopefully it turns around there. Feels like a coaching change is kind of inevitable, uh, the same way it does for my Jets as this game kicks off now here on uh on thursday night but yeah hopefully the falcons still lots of production to be had um still a lot of fantasy studs there but hopefully they can turn it around in a real life manner pretty shortly rams bills the most noteworthy thing is and even throughout the offseason i had said that josh allen was somebody that i was uh you know really comfortable with being my quarterback one uh in super flex formats and uh, being my starter and single quarterback but I have been you know pretty uh, clear and that even you know when he was getting drafted just wasn't somebody that uh, I thought was going to be a very good actual NFL quarterback I liked him for fantasy purposes these past couple years because he was safe with the rushing ability uh, gives you know as we all know any quarterback a pretty comfortable floor but Josh Allen is playing at an MVP level. He looks incredible. He's taken all the steps necessary uh, to really grow and become what you know the potential was when he came out. Uh, so good for him. Stefan Diggs, another guy like uh, like I said about Gardner Minshew, going to be one of the biggest risers in the updates to my dynasty rankings. I thought he would not be a great fit in Buffalo. I thought he would be very spotty. And these first through these first three weeks, he's looked every bit worth uh, what they've spent to go acquire him. So he's going to be a big mover up the board. Uh, the Rams kind of business as usual, I guess. Uh, Daryl Henderson is the big story there right now with Cam Akers being nicked up. He's been very, very efficient the last two weeks. And we do, um, you know, at, in Dynasty, especially with kind of rookie fever and, you know, the shiny new thing that comes in, obviously uh, that was Cam Akers this year. And a lot of the arguments and even a lot of the arguments I've made were, oh, you know, it was uh, the earliest draft capital that the Rams had. They're obviously interested in him or, you know, believe in him. They spent their earliest pick on a running back to replace Todd Gurley. But don't forget that they spent an early pick on Daryl Henderson the year before as well. Um, he's looked very, very good. And uh, I'll be interested to see this week if he could do it again. It's going to be interesting projecting that long term moving forward because it's not like he's somebody they just picked up off the scrap heap a year ago. I mean, they invested early round draft capital in him as well. So we'll be interesting to see how that works out. Browns, um, Washington. The Browns are just, the passing game isn't going to be exciting. I've been 
big on believing in an Odell Beckham bounce back and uh, to an extent a Baker Mayfield bounce back as well. But they are going to run the hell out of the football, and they're doing it very well. Uh, and I love the one-two punch that they have. Chubb looks fantastic, uh, and Kareem Hunt has provided value every week so far, and I think it's going to continue. I think both backs are going to be valuable through all year and through uh, future years as well. But it'll be interesting to see if the passing game does kind of get clicking a little bit further than that. But the running game is it here. I'm still, I don't know what you'd have to spend right now. Chubb's going to be expensive. But Kareem Hunt is still a player that all through startup draft season, everything like that, obviously the ADP was cheaper for Hunt. Kareem Hunt is still somebody I'm interested in trying to acquire if the price is right because he's going to be cheaper to acquire than uh, than Nick Chubb. But he is going to be involved on a week-to-week basis and he's going to provide value every week um, both in the running and passing game they're going to both be involved Washington I just want to see more excuse me again Uh, I just want to continue to see more out of the young guys here Antonio Gibson you know averaged over five yards a carry Uh, he had the touchdown we needed to see him get some more opportunities Um, he only had nine carries in that game Um, So hopefully the opportunities pick up, you know, game script hurts it a little bit too, but still three catches for 11 yards. I want to see Gibson get more involved. Terry McLaurin, you know, great as always, four catches for 83 yards, but hoping to see some more of the, you know, more of Gibson in the future here. Uh, Titans, Vikings, obviously the big story, the uh, COVID-19 positive test from that game has led to Tennessee Pittsburgh getting postponed uh, for week four. Uh, So that's kind of a bummer, and I know there's been some discussion about, um, you know, how to approach that in terms of if, you know, you let people swap players uh, or if, you know, lineups were already set or something like that. I think for a lot of us in Dynasty, your rosters are probably deep enough that you've got somewhere to pivot to and play somebody else anyway. That's my personal opinion. Um, but that's the big takeaway. Obviously, Justin Jefferson went off. Um Big, big week for the rookies. Seven catches for a buck seventy-five and a touchdown. Looked fantastic. Adam Thielen had a touchdown, but you know Jefferson had all the yards. Uh, Cousins threw for two fifty-one and one hundred and seventy-five of it went to Justin Jefferson. So uh, Jefferson, somebody I was excited about in uh, rookie draft season, but did kind of fly under the radar a little bit with such a stacked class ahead of him. But he's somebody that I think you know we've seen now what he's capable of, and I think uh, we're going to continue to see some more of that moving forward. Raiders Pats um, down week for Darren Waller. The Pats always are good at taking away your best option. Uh, they took that right away from Derek Carr. Uh, Sony Michelle, <laughs> I don't know, man. Sony Michelle, yeah, 117 yards on nine carries, but it's like I wish that I. I was so excited about Sony Michelle once upon a time, and I wish I could bank on this being the case. But uh, I hope for his sake that it continues to. Uh, you know, he continues to have efficiency like that. Damian Harris should be back soon, and I will be interested to see if he can kind of pick up where that hype train left off uh, during the summertime and through training camp. It, um, it sounded like he was going to take that lead back job. So I'll be interested to see if that does end up happening here. 49ers Giants. Um, yeah, the 49ers, man, they just keep rolling, beating up on teams, even with everybody hurt. Uh, they win in a big, huge way. Nick Mullins. Uh, <laughs> Nick Mullins, man, it's crazy. Throws for 343 yards. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, good to see him still involved. Not very efficient, but he did have the touchdown on the ground. Uh, did have 14 rushing attempts. 
Brandon Ayuk looked good, five catches for 70 yards. I'm really excited to see when they do have both Ayuk and uh, Debo Samuel healthy. I think when you get both of those guys on the field with George Kittle and Jimmy Garoppolo back, uh, that's going to be interesting. But Ayuk, somebody that I'm very excited about, great to see him put up a decent yardage total there. And hopefully it continues to happen. The Giants, unfortunately, uh, similar to my Jets, look kind of stuck and just kind of, uh, you know, going the wrong way. Uh, nothing too exciting happened for them, which is the case typically when your team scores nine points. Not to pile on, but um, Fre- Devonta Freeman didn't look great. Um, yeah, Slayton didn't do much. Three catches, 53 yards. Pretty, pretty blah day across the board there. Bengals, Eagles. I hate when these games end in a tie, man. <laughs> it's just gross. Joe Burrow looks good. Um, as good as Joe Burrow looks, I'd be lying if I said I was not a little concerned about Joe Mixon at this point. Um, the offensive line is just bad, and I know that he can't help that, but uh, he's getting the work. It's just hopefully hopefully it works out hopefully it's like a replay of last year i guess and he turns it on down the stretch but 17 carries for 49 yards under three yards a carry is gross he's so much better than that um hopefully it starts to work out here soon but yeah i don't know the offensive line is just not in a good spot right now um t higgins had the two touchdowns five catches for 40 yards good to see the rookie involved there um was a big big fan of him as i mentioned on multiple shows throughout the summer uh great to see that he is the future there i know um boyd had the big week 10 catches for 125 but love to see higgins get those two touchdowns that's fantastic as terms of the eagles it's kind of a mess carson wentz looks like he's falling apart or regressing in a big way uh miles sanders got a big workload again 18 carries for 95 yards Greg Ward had eight catches for 72 and a touchdown. We had mentioned on some shows earlier on this year that uh, they had some of that chemistry from down the stretch um, last year when everybody got hurt, similar to how everybody's hurt now. But yeah, things are interesting there with everybody banged up in Philly. Um, Stinks that Jalen Rager is hurt, but Greg Ward is somebody that is interesting. both in the in the short term especially if you need a a depth you know wide receiver piece or a playable flex piece excuse me playable flex piece that's a tongue twister um as you know there's there's just so many injuries across the league right now if he's somebody you can acquire uh or pick up you know if he's on waivers uh someplace you can get some value i think out of him in the short term they do have that rapport him and wentz for sure texans steelers the texans man watson Watson looked great in the first half and then, you know, ran for his life a little bit. He, Texans have had a brutal schedule to start the year for sure. Uh, Deontay Johnson, obviously in this game, entered the concussion protocol. Uh, so hopefully he's okay. Uh, hopefully he can get right soon. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster had a touchdown. Um, Connor, pretty decent day on the ground again. 18 carries for 109 and a touchdown. Averaged over six yards a carry. Um, James Conner is kind of an enigma. I just hope that that can keep happening. I just, he's a great player and he's a fun player to watch when he's healthy, but it will be interesting to see if he can stay healthy and keep that job and kind of continue to hold off Benny Snell. Uh, Panthers chargers, Robbie Anderson, still good. Um, crazy, you know, another five catches for 55 yards. Certainly still looks like somebody that uh, the judge should have signed in free agency. Mike Davis, gets you know just had a ton of work again uh, in absence of christian mccaffrey um 
super valuable in PPR if you needed him to fill in for McCaffrey or anything like that. 13 carries only for 46 yards on the ground, but I uh, did have eight catches for 45 yards and a touchdown, so he ended up happy there. The Chargers, uh, Eckler had the touchdown on the ground. Um, Josh Kelly a little more efficient than the week before, eight carries for 43 yards. Uh, Keenan Allen, big Keenan Allen week, 13 catches for 132 and a touchdown. So that's interesting. Um, definitely looks like that's Herbert's guy. Herbert's going to lean on him. Eckler had the huge week in the passing game. So that's interesting as well. Uh, I was pretty adamant about I thought the passing volume would go down for him, but he had 11 targets and 11 catches. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if Herbert continues to lean on those two guys. Bucks, Broncos, the Broncos are just like a few teams across the league ravaged by injury i mean where i'm watching now as this game is rolling on thursday night here broncos jets and there's just so many players i heard a stat earlier today that i think they said that, you know half their salary cap is on ir aj bouye Cortland sutton von miller it's just brutal um yeah i feel bad for you know any of those players melvin gordon bad week last week against the bucks uh three yards of carry pretty much not too exciting there but you know that'll happen when you have Jeff Driscoll starting and then Britt Rippon come in after that. Um, Jerry Judy, 5 for 55. Noah Fant, just, he just looks good. Four, 5 for 46. If Locke was in there, somebody that was, you know, more, that I was more confident in, Noah Fant is one of the most exciting young tight ends in football, honestly. Somebody that the window might have closed on, you know, not overpaying for him in terms of trying to trade for him. Uh, but yeah, go get him if you, if you have him already. Hold them. I mean, unless you get a king's ransom, for sure. The Bucks. The Bucks are kind of a strange team across the board. Like I can't, you can't predict this running game. It's Ronald Jones one week. It's Leonard Fournette one week. Uh, Chris Godwin had five for sixty-four in the touchdown. Got banged up. Um, went to, you know, I think he's uh, already been mentioned out this week, if I'm not mistaken. Mike Evans with like a super weird, almost like Jerome Bettis-like stat line. <laughs> He had two catches for two yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> so the touchdown saved your fantasy day. Um, but yeah, just a weird game. They won that game, obviously, but strange. Lions Cardinals. Um, Lions won that game. Uh, good to see Kenny Galladay back. One of the uh, one of the better young wide receivers in the league, in my opinion. Six catches for 57 yards. He did have the touchdown. Uh, it's still all Adrian Peterson in the running game here. It's not exciting, but that's kind of what we said for the last you know month or so whatever it was since he signed there that Matt Patricia was going to hand him the ball over and over again the Cardinals Kenyon Drake I don't know I'm kind of he's been a roller coaster for me because I mentioned you know in the offseason that I thought he was somebody that was going to potentially let you down and then I warmed up to the idea of him and he hasn't been bad but it's just like the most not exciting 18 carries for 73 yards no touchdowns hopkins continues to be a target monster as he always has been through his career uh, another 10 catches for 137 um, cowboys seahawks the cowboys and see honestly both teams just bad pass defenses they just can't stop the pass prescott threw for 472 russ wilson threw for 315 um dk metcalf had the bonehead you know bonehead play uh messed up that one touchdown but looked great four for 110 and a touchdown tyler lockett nine for 103 touchdowns both studs lock them both in i would love to have more shares of either one of them uh in dynasty leagues both they're gonna dk 
is going to shoot way up my dynasty rankings. Just a little spoiler for you there. And Tyler Lockett, uh, lock him in like a wide receiver one for the rest of the year. Honestly, he's been so, so good. Packers Saints, Alan Lazard had the big career day there. Uh, 146 yards and a touchdown. Looked great, but then unfortunately just... Uh, just shortly before I started recording this, he's out indefinitely, had core muscle surgery, so unfortunate there. He did look great. The Aaron Rodgers' revenge tour continues. Um, another 283 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. The Saints is just Alvin. It's all Alvin Kamara. 14 targets, 13 catches, 139 yards, and two touchdowns. Another 58 yards on the ground, but man, and Alvin Kamara, somebody uh, that I'll we'll bring up at the end of the show in comparison with somebody else uh, that we're going to talk about in the prospect spotlight, but it's all Alvin Kamara for the Saints right now while Michael Thomas has been out. And wrapping it up was Chiefs-Ravens. Um, Lamar doesn't look bad, but it's not what we saw last year, so uh, that's kind of interesting to me, and that has obviously you know brought down some value for Hollywood Brown. Mark Andrews had some bad drops in this game. I'm not worried about him moving forward, but it's worth noting. And the running back, J.K. Dobbins, is the best running back in this group. I hope that he can continue to get more work. I like Gus Edwards. I like Mark Ingram, but it's just a headache of a backfield right now. Dobbins is the guy long-term there, um, so hopefully we can see it sooner than later. On the Chiefs' side, Pat Mahomes is great, 385 and four touchdowns. Some of these guys, it's like you don't have to say too much. <laughs> Nicole Hardman did have the nice touchdown, four for 81 and a touch. Uh, Tyreek, five for 77 and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey, six for 87. The Chiefs are great. You're starting your Chiefs players. There's really nothing else to say there. Uh, that's kind of the rapid-fire recap of week three and uh, some thoughts moving forward on some of those players. going to take a quick break, and then we're going to wrap it up with our first edition of Prospect Spotlight as we start previewing some players for next year's draft class. All right, we're back, and we, like we said earlier, are going to kick off a little series that we're going to run, not necessarily every week, but throughout the season, throughout the upcoming offseason. Of course, when we get more in-depth into uh, combine pro days pre-draft stuff but prospect spotlights and we're going to get into everybody quarterbacks running backs tight ends wide receivers uh, across the board and we'll get into some of the big name guys that we all know about uh, but i wanted to start with somebody you know a little bit not necessarily under the radar because of course most of us are going to know who this player is um but you know somebody more off the beaten path than Jamar Chase, Najee Harris, some of those guys. So the first guy that I do want to talk about is, <clears throat> excuse me, Kylan Hill, running back from Mississippi State. Um, he's senior running back there, five foot eleven, two hundred ten pounds. Is what he's listed at right now, and Kylan is just in part of another stacked year uh, in both the running back and wide receiver classes in the upcoming twenty twenty one draft. Uh, I wanted to touch on him this week in part due to the huge start to the season that came in a way that maybe we didn't all initially anticipate uh, but he's also not a new you know new name on the radar flash in the pan type guy um, last year at Mississippi State uh, Kylan had 242 carries for 1300 yards pretty much 1350 yards and 10 touchdowns love that and finished up with another 18 catches for 180 yards and another touchdown. Uh, love to see that he can handle the workload as a main runner is the big thing initially there. But what has me particularly excited right now is what we saw from him in that game against LSU last week. 
he had only seven rushing attempts for 34 yards on the ground. So still hovering right around that five yards per carry mark. He was near last year, but he put up eight catches for 158 yards and a touchdown in the receiving game in one game. His receiving output in one game was almost what it was in an entire season, the season before. Thank you, Mike Leach. (laughs) Mike Leach coming to Mississippi State as head coach um, was going to be interesting for a variety of reasons. Mike Leach in the SEC is just fun already. But we had already seen evidence that Hill was a worthwhile running back prospect based on what he did in the running game last year and what he's shown prior. What's potentially mouthwatering to me is to see that massive involvement in the passing game. And if it keeps up, it could do huge things for his draft stock. It's obviously way too early to put uh, definitive statements out on um, you know, where he will rank in terms of next year's running back class because there's some talent. Uh, with other talents, you know, Najee Harris, like we said, Travis Etienne, Chuba Hubbard. But if Kylan Hill can continue to show this type of involvement in the passing game, we're going to have to stop considering him, you know, just a running back and look at him more in the same light as we do with, you know, some of these modern day total packages at running back Um, with his athleticism. And if the passing work continues, I would love to see him be used in the ways like we said about Alvin Kamara in um, the earlier segment. I would love to see him end up in a system where, you know, they're comfortable using him like that. Alvin Kamara, uh, Christian McCaffrey, how we've always wanted to see Saquon be used as a true threat as both a runner and a receiver. Um, I also like that he should be coming into the NFL fairly fresh. Uh, It's not like he's coming off multiple 300 plus touch seasons or anything like that. Um, He's got a lot of intriguing things about him. And if we can continue to see him involved like that in the passing game, and I don't have any reason to think Mike Leach will have him not be involved in the passing game after that. Uh, it's going to be very, very exciting to see where he ends up and where he kind of stacks in with the rest of this running back class. So that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, again, I apologize that we didn't do the two shows this week, uh, but we'll get back on that next week with the normal recap show, and then we'll set up something else uh, fun for next Friday's show. But appreciate you checking out the podcast as always. Please, like we said earlier, if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on all the social media accounts. Uh, we've had a big influx of Twitter followers lately, so appreciate that. If you're new to the following the Twitter account or new to checking out the show, I appreciate you. Uh, if you have a friend that you think might be interested in it, please feel free to recommend us. That stuff goes a long way, and I do certainly appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, as always, like I said, follow on Twitter at Dynasty Drive on Instagram at the Dynasty Drive. Uh, continue to send over any questions that you have, and we'll do some more mailbag type stuff. But appreciate all the support, and we will talk to you guys next week. Good luck to everybody in week four. Thanks. Yeah.